Thank you. Um, it is always a humbling thing to have someone pray for you. Um, so I, I, I praise the Lord for you. I know that, it's, that the support that our ministry gets is not just financial from your body. So I, I, I praise the Lord for that as well. Um, what we have been called to do is not always easy. Um, you know, for many, many years leading up to COVID, there were moments in our ministry that we wondered, we wondered when and where the Lord may take us next, because it sure seemed like there was lots of open schedule room. Like, like Lord, our church is closing to this message. I'm here to tell you this evening that the last two years, the Lord is opening something up. He, he, he is impacting people to understand that the Word of God is very important. Our schedule, as I was sharing earlier, I, our schedule this year, I literally, looking at my schedule, I don't think I have an open week yet that I can go out. This year. So, even this fall, I mean, I, I, you know, we've, we've got some question marks in our schedule, but those usually firm up. So, you know, summers are now, I'm, I'm full. Summer's a year or more out. I'm done. My, my schedule in the summer is done and, and booked. And, and I praise the Lord for that. Um, the camps and the VBSs that we get to do, Ryan and I both. And so there, there's very few weeks that Ryan and I are home at the same time. Like the, there's very few weeks where we're actually at home together. Uh, one of us is on the road most of the year, uh, every other week or whatever the case may be. And uh, so keep us in your prayers. We covet your prayers deeply for that. Um, because I, I know the message that we have, we're not the only ones sharing this. But God's put us in a unique place to be able to do it. And to do it with our fossils that we, that we a lot of times have with us, we're, we're very unique in that way. If you don't know who we are, what we're about, go, go look at our fossils. They're, they're at creationtruth.com. Um, someday we'll, we'll bring them back, I'm sure, at some point. And, uh, but I appreciate the team that the Lord has assembled that they call me president, but it's really a team effort. And everybody, everybody at CTF knows that. Um, and so, so tonight, I, I want to open, I want to open with this. I don't know how many of you have been out to your refuge in the last few days. I don't know how I don't know when these guys showed up. But um I got the opportunity to go out. Uh nice shirt, by the way. <laughs> Talk about distraction. Talk about a distraction. <laughs> ah, okay. So focus. 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 Okay. So <laughs> Just ask Corey about that later if you don't know what that means. Um, 
If you haven't been out to your refuge, uh, I, I have no, I have no beginning to understand how many there are out there. Hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million. I have no idea. Snow geese are in your backyard out here, and uh, and I know you guys get to see them every year. Yada yada yada. I don't ever get to see that. Very very rarely do I ever get to see that. So it was a privilege to be able to go out this afternoon and and get some video, just the the sound. The sound the Lord has made through a snow goose is, I, I had to FaceTime back to the office. Like I FaceTimed Ryan, because I know he, he's got an iPhone, Bob's an Android guy. And so I, I FaceTime, I FaceTime Ryan, like get with, get with Bob. Bob's a bird guy. If you don't remember Bob when he's been here with me a few times, he's a major bird guy. Like birds are his, his, his two da, right? And so I immediately, we get on the phone and I, and I, and I said, can you hear him? And Bob, I can hear in the other office before Ryan ever gets there. I hear snow geese. That's what he says. <laughs> so he knew what he was about to see. But uh, yeah, it's a privilege that, to be able to have what you guys have right here. Um, man, to be able to see his creation differently than a lot of other folks ever get to see. Like I saw more swans today than I think I've seen and I don't know how long either. Um, if ever. Okay. So... So what a privilege. Uh, if you haven't made it out there, I don't know when they leave, when they go. I know a lot of them I thought I saw up high coming in later this evening. I don't know if they're still coming in or if they're, I don't know. But, man, go check them out. Don't, don't miss that. Along with three eagles. Saw three baldies today, too. So that's always a privilege to see a baldy. Bridging. This week, we've been bridging our worldview to a biblical one has been my prayer. We, we began the week, if you'll turn with me, to Genesis chapter 1. We began with one of the most important chapters in all of Scripture. Because it shares with us who He is, our Creator. shares with us in very plain language what he did when he started it all. The first week of history. From there, we have, we have jumped forward into chapters 2 and 3, realizing from perfection, there has been a fall. There, there has been... A rebellion. And we learn from three that it, it may have started with Adam and Eve, but we all know and understand it. We are no different. We have all rebelled. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, as the, as the Apostle Paul writes in Romans. We are no different than Adam And Eve, the first two people on the planet, all made in his image, but all suffer under rebellion and sin. But thank the Lord for for verse 21 in chapter 3. That he took and shed innocent blood of an animal to cover and clothe Adam and Eve. The shedding of innocent blood to cover our sin. 
When we can't get it done, He always does. It's been that way from the beginning. Whether you understand it or not, whether you accept it or not, He began it in the beginning that way. And then we've, we've stepped forward through, through some history here. And we, we step forward through, through chapter 5 and some genealogies of some really old guys. And we, we came to chapter 6 and 7 and, and 8 about this moment in history when we were not doing what the Lord asked us to do. We, we were all about wickedness. All of us except one. One that boldly stood out of the entire word, there was one. Out of the entire world, one. His name was Noah. Not only did he have favor, he had grace from the Lord. Grace. That grace was to, to, to build a vessel that would atone and cover his family. For the course of the year that they were on, on this ark being covered... As around and outside of the ark, unimaginable things was happening to the earth. Things that I, we, listen, I try to describe it everywhere I go and I talk about the flood. I try to describe it, but there, there's no really describing what, what is in the text. But what it left behind is what we see now. What every one of us can go out and check and see. Whether it's a bluff here, a lowest bluff. <laughs> That shows that there was an ice age following the flood, which gives the perfect ingredients for that ice age. Better than all other, Milakovich, all the other evolutionary worldview driven things for an ice age. None of them have a good picture of having an ice age ingredients right. The word of God gives us the right ingredients. But see, it's always about worldview. It's about worldview. It's how, how do we see it? Where do we start? What do we trust as, as our history? What do we trust as our truth for our belief system? So we've stepped from, from the flood and we, we cruise through a little more history here in Genesis. And we, we step through his son's generations there in chapter 10 and Noah's sons and and we come to this other, this other judgment. So we had the judgment of the fall, and we had the judgment of, of, of wickedness at the time of the flood. And then we have another judgment that happens in chapter 11. That seemingly divides us, if we just read it, it looks like it divides us by language over the whole earth. If we take that and accept that as truth, then through language, we've been separated, and then genetics takes over. So the reason we look different from each other around the world is because of chapter 11. The reason we sound different around the world is chapter 11. The evolutionary worldview has, has zero good, good reasons why we look different and or speak different. Just don't. So, so we've been building all week in this bridge of our worldview because we want to focus on what we've got to focus on tonight. 
The reason we've been studying what we've been studying is to set up what good news is. What the gospel is. The gospel is not good news if we have not already studied what we've been studying. If the foundation has not been laid, then the gospel doesn't make any sense. The gospel has no teeth. But when someone knows what has happened in history, and we begin studying the entirety of the Old Testament, and what what God tried to do over and over again with people called by His name, and over and over again we we see rejection of Him. Over and over again. We see them trying to do things their own way. We want a king. We've got to have a physical king. I am your king, the Lord would say. No, we want a king. All right, I'll give you a king. And he gave him a king. Some did in, 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 in right in the Lord's sight, and some did not. Oftentimes, we pray for things, and he says, you know what? I got another way, but you keep praying for it, so I'm going to give it to you. Because you don't want to follow me. I've already shared, I've already shared you my way. Just be obedient. That's all you got to do. I have a plan and a purpose for you that you cannot imagine. But you're like, no, I got, I got a better way. I really want it this way. Lord, give me this way. All right. There's some of us in this room that have experienced that in life. We thought we had a plan. And he kept telling us through different... through. through Verbally telling us through other people, other, others that, that know and love him. They've told us, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to follow him here. And we go, ah, I got a better plan. Let's see tonight. I want us to look at this gospel. I want us to, to understand the good news. I want tonight for you to walk out of here and know whose you are. So I begin this evening. Let's look at this idea of Christ, who he is. See, what I want to begin with is I want to start with him being our creator. I find a lot of us will think of Christ as our savior and rightfully so. But listen very closely. He can't be your savior if he's not your creator first. Let's go to Colossians. Very, very well-known passage. Maybe a passage you have memorized. Colossians chapter 1, please. It's one of my favorite passages in the New Testament. It's harder and harder for me to say that. I, that, that list is increasing. The more you study the Word of God, the more it just, oh man, it's good. Like, it's all good. Even the weird parts about bears and... Coming out of woods and stuff. <laughs> Dots this afternoon. That was, that was a blast. I loved it. It was fun. Ask your kids about bears and woods. Um, and eating people. Okay, and so, um, chapter 1, Colossians, verse 15 and following says this. The Apostle Paul writing, By the inspiration of the Spirit. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation, for by him 
all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Who is the Apostle Paul speaking of? Jesus. Wait, he's the image of the visible God. That, that means he's, he was human. But he wasn't just that. He, he's the firstborn over all creation. He, by him, all things were created. Things here that we can see. Visible things, invisible things. All things were created by him and for him. We like to put we like to put Jesus in the two thousand year ago box. We like to put him over there. You know, he he was he was God and he was man, but that was like two thousand years ago. Like in in our worldview, we we put him there, not in eternity, not being here at the beginning. Oh, but he was. But he was. This is clearly stating that. Well, how can that be? We've got to go to John 1. Let's go to John 1. See, when we go to John 1, we, we see this gospel being written here, and it's interesting how John begins. I don't know where you sit on the Chosen series. I went into the Chosen series very, 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 very apprehensive. Most things produced that are visual based on the Bible have sadly disappointed me. I, I like this truth. I like when we stick to this. As I begin watching The Chosen, it, it, it has impacted my life. To see a different, a different portrayal of Jesus than I've ever seen in anything else. But the moment that hit me was when Jesus is, is going to, he's been asked to read the word of the Torah in synagogue. And he says, John, come follow me. Come help me pick what to read. John comes back and he's astonished. He's like, I can't believe you're asking me to, what to read. Like, John's already got it figured out. He already knows who he is. All, all extra biblical. Everybody understands this. But when John says, I've always kind of like like the beginning, and Jesus says, It's one of my favorite memories. I went, I can see that happening. Yeah, it's not in here. Why can't I see that happening? Because of what John writes right here. First chapter. In the beginning was the Word. Woo! And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. When I read those words at the beginning of this gospel message, it takes me immediately back to Genesis 1 
in my worldview. How was it that the Lord God created things? He spoke it through the Word, through Christ. In the beginning, the Word was there. When He spoke something, He was speaking it through Christ. And it came to pass, it came into being. It was, it was made, it was created. And on that first day of creation, when he said, let there be light, it shone in the darkness. And sometimes we don't understand it. It still shines. It's been shining since that moment in creation. And we still don't understand it. We miss it. We miss parts of it. It's what, uh, it's what John is getting at here, being inspired by the Spirit. That, remember, hovered and moved on the first creation. See, we can see him moving and, and doing all of these things through everything we've been studying. Getting us ready for tonight, for this gospel, this, this good news. If we took the time this evening to go through the gospels, we would see that Jesus over and over and over and over again showed his creatorship. Every time he did a miracle. Woo! That's what was showing everybody who he was. He was not just a man. What was his first? What's the first miracle attributed to him? Oh, he takes something called water. Isn't it interesting? Back in Genesis chapter 1, the first material that he uses to create stuff out of is water. Everybody at that wedding would have known that. Would have known that portion of history in Genesis. So when this man shows up and he takes water... And he touches it, and it becomes something different. There were those there, I have to believe, that went, what a minute? Wait a minute. Somebody that does that is a creator. We see him feed 5,000. Two fish, five loaves. Fish he made on day what? Five. Who better to take those fish that he created years before and know how to divide them and multiply them to take care of a need? The Creator takes care of needs. To take, to take barley loaves, who made that barley on the third day? Of history. He did. Who better to take those loaves and divide them and, and take care of a need? He, he, he walked across the water when his disciples were in distress. Walked across the water that he made. Who better to walk across it? That shouldn't have surprised us when we see that happening. <laughs> he made it. Who better to, to have Peter come out on the water? 
Peter knew it. He knew who he was. He had the faith to get out of the boat. But like every one of us, we hear the good news. We, we have faith in the good news. We have faith in the Lord. But then we see the storm going on around us. Our worldview is not developed enough yet to trust everything he has to say. To trust everything he's about in our life. We still get those moments, we see the storm, and we're like, okay, now i got to fix this. And what do we do? Like Peter, we begin sinking. And we cry out. The only way we know how, because we know, we know, we know. In our spirit, we know he's the only one that can save us. He's the only one. No atheists in foxholes. Right? Heard that term. Well, no. And Jesus, instead of, instead of saying, Peter, serves you right. He reached down and picked him up. See, there's good news. The gospel is good news. Who Christ is... As our creator is good news. I could go on. He calms the wind and the waves. He, he, He brings a multitude of fish to get a hold of a young man to be a disciple. He, over and over and over again, he shows who he is through every miracle. And we see in that, we see a portion of something he might have made or is the only one in charge of in all of creation. So not only is he show us that he's our creator in the gospel, but he obviously shows us he is our savior. As he establishes his, himself as creator for three years... He then proclaims that he is the only one to save. To save. How, do, how does he do that? Turn with me to John. Turn later in John to chapter 18. So Jesus, he's... <laughs> He spent three years with his, with his disciples, with his students and, and others around. And, and he's, he's, he's taught multitudes and he has this following. And then all of a sudden he gets arrested. What? Like, wait a minute. I, there, were, there were those that were following him. They were like, okay, he's going to be on the side. He's going to be the one that conquers Rome. Like he's going to be the one that's going to take over. And we're all for him. Woo! Wait, he just got what? Arrested. Well, what did he do? Nothing. Nothing. He allowed his image bearers to arrest him. He allowed those that, that may never accept what he was about to do to arrest him. Not only just arrest him, spit on him. The creator of everything. The creator of the universe allowed us to spit on him. 
mock him, make fun of him, beat him. Mock him being the king of kings and the lord of lords by making a crown. A crown of what? You recall where we saw that for the first time in history? You remember that? Chapter 3. Part of the curse was what? Thorns and thistles. Weeds. A curse for the sin. He was being made fun of for the curse. As they made a crown to mock his lordship. He could have stopped it at at any second. Any moment he could have stopped it. He didn't. His plan's always been perfect. It's always been plan A. It's not like in the garden, all of a sudden, he was like, oh, now what am I going to do? What am I going to do now? Like, I don't know what to do now. They messed it all up. He's known since creation what he was going to do for us. His image bearers. To come and give his life for yours. To come and pay your ransom. That you cannot pay. You can't do enough good stuff. We hear all the time. I'm hearing it in churches. It's driving me insane. Oh, you have to understand how good you are. You need to understand how good you are. And then you can get pastors. No! We are horrible. We need a savior. If we're good, we can figure it out. We'll be okay. That is not in here. Not in here. We have to come to a realization in our life that we are not good enough. That there's only one. His name is Jesus. And he became our sin without sin. He became our crud without crud to take care of it. He hauls, he hauls a tree, a chunk of a tree, on his back that he made. He made. They laid him on a, a tree he made. They, they took iron that he made. They took iron and spikes that he made and they allowed, him, allowed them to drive it through his hands and feet. Thinking of every one of us as he's doing it. And when death came, they buried him. As I share often in another message I have about Jesus, there are those that want to argue, well, maybe he wasn't really dead, maybe he was just comatose or something. Like, I don't know how anybody says that with a straight face. Like, that's saying the Romans don't know how to kill people by crucifixion. They did it all the time. That was not hard for them. They understood how to do that. And they buried him in a tomb. And you know how I know that they they know he was dead? Because they put the big stone there to make sure nobody was going to mess with him. 
They were going to make all, they were going to make sure nobody is going to mess with him. But who made the stone? Like at every turn, there were people trying to say, yeah, we'll take care of this guy. They didn't understand who he was. He's your savior. And the maker of that stone moved the stone. When he was ready to give you salvation. Life. He's no longer dead. He's alive! Woo! He's alive! He's not dead in a tomb somewhere. Every other religious leader of every other religion is in a tomb. Not mine. He's alive. Because he's not just another guy. He is my creator and he is my savior and he's alive. There is an empty tomb to show it. It would be very, very difficult for him to say to you, I am the way, the truth, and the life if he's still dead. Makes no sense, does it? Like that doesn't. Would you ever trust what he has to say? Like that makes zero sense. Zero. Life only comes from life. That's a biological thing, too. Do you know that when we do science? We know life only comes from life. That's been scientifically proven that way. That's why spontaneous generation, the beginning of an evolutionary worldview, is so difficult for an evolutionist. Because they know it has to have happened once, but they can't explain why. They know it's impossible. But they have to believe it's happened once. Not if you understand that the Creator made everything and he's life. And he shows it again when he raises from the tomb and he says, I am life. <laughs> Whoever comes to me will receive life. Everlasting. So, Christ our Savior. But he didn't stop there. He, Because of his saviorship... He gives us something that we desperately need today. Hello? You all know somebody, don't you? Maybe you work with them. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe somebody you've known your whole life, a a, a distant classmate that you see every once in a while. But every time you get, get together with them, there's just this... Dread and fear all the time. Man, we need hope. Like we need hope. We need real hope. Not like hope to get me through today, but like hope for eternity. That's what we need. We need hope. We need something to be, to be joyous about and praiseworthy. Oh, he, he's it. He's it. My creator and savior is it. We can see it in Titus. <laughs> go with me to Titus. Let's go to Titus chapter 3. Oh, Titus. I like the book of Titus. Interesting little book to me. Titus chapter 3. A couple passages here. I want us to chew on a second this evening. Titus chapter 2. 
verses 11 and following says this. For since the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So how many have the choice to accept it, see it, acknowledge it? Everybody. Right? Not being hidden. Right out, plain sight. Okay? It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. I would argue that all comes from a biblical worldview. (laughs) Don't have a biblical worldview, you haven't got that all figured out yet. (laughs) But when we understand grace... hmm, Look at verse 13. While we wait for the blessed what? Woo! Hope. The glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and all and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Why do we want to do what is good? Because of who he is. It drives us. Drives us. Our hope should be different than everybody else around us. Like when we're doing good, it's not because we have to. It's because we get to because we have hope. We should look different, church. Quit being grumpy. Quit being grumpy. Like, we got nothing to be grumpy about. If you know life, you should not be grumpy. I say this to myself quite often. (laughs) When my daughters or my wife, honey, you're kind of grumpy today. (sighs) Please don't think I got this all all working. Like, (laughs) salvation is something we meet out every day. Something we have to work on every day. Our worldview is something we have to work on every day. But look, look, jump over to chapter 3, verse verse 3 and following. Check out what it says. At at one time, we too were foolish. Amen? Disobedient? Amen? Amen. Deceived? Enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures? Man, we, I, I hope you remember what that was like. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He moved on you. He is moving on you right now. Renewing us. Getting rid of our dead, stinky selves. As Dr. Sharp used to say. Hmm. Verse 6. Whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, 
having the what? The hope of eternal life. The hope. Hope. Are we connecting dots this evening, church? The gospel, the the good news is Christ has come. Our creator put on flesh like you and me. His very image bearers. To die and to, to pay a ransom that you deserve, which is death eternally. Because of your sin. He said, no, I'm going to make a way. Because I want to be with them forever. I don't care how dirty and stinky they think they are. How dirty and stinky I see them as. My blood will take care of that. Because I want them to have hope. I don't want them to focus so much on this life of just crud. I have a better place planned. So from the gospel, from the gospel, we we bridge. We bridge, as we started in the beginning, we go to the end. The end. Eternity, right? Eternity. Go with me to Acts chapter 1, please. Acts chapter 1. So he raises from the dead. Our our Savior raises from the dead. And then he says, I'm leaving. What? Like, I can't... I've tried to like chew on that and like put myself in, in one of the disciples shoes. And all of a sudden we're like, can you imagine how ecstatic? Cause you saw him die and now you see him alive. And then he comes to you and he says, and I'm leaving. <laughs> can, can you like, I'm like, what? I would have been the dude going, what are you talking about? Like we had just got here. Wasn't his plan to stay with us. He gave us his word. So we know what to do. Who to trust. Who, who to worship. Him and him only. With our life. And so we come to Acts chapter 1. And, and we find out he, he leaves us. But he says, wait, wait. I'm coming back. He doesn't just mention it here. He doesn't just talk about it here. Coming back. He, he mentions it other places. See, he says, I will be back. Long before Arnold Schwarzenegger ever did, dare I say. We've got to go to Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9. Chapter 9. See, Hebrews is an interesting book. Connecting things of the Old Testament to, to Jesus. That's <laughs> what really the book's all about. Showing us the Old Testament. Him working through his people. Through sacrifice. Through all these different things we see through the Old Testament. Was just preparing the way for him. For Jesus. And we get these pictures put together and, and then it's talking of, of the sacrifices, that innocent blood being shed of animals and things, right? Isn't it interesting? Look, look, at, look at verse verse 3 of chapter 10, before we look at chapter 9. Look at verse 3 of chapter 10. But those sacrifices, it says, are 
an annual reminder of sins. Wait, 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 wait. If you were a Jew at that moment and you and that is revealed to you, you're like, but wait a minute. We've been doing this for how long? What do you mean? Because look what it says next. Verse four, because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. But wait, we've been doing this for how long? You know why the blood of bulls and goats is not good for you and for me to take away our sins? Because we're not animals. Those weren't image bearers. Those were just symbolic. To hold a place, to show us, to show us a framework until he came in the flesh. If we were just animals, not an issue having another animal sacrificed for us. But that wasn't the, wasn't the plan all along. So we look up to verse 26 of chapter 9. Then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. Talking of these many sacrifices. But now he has appeared once for what? All. At the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. So Christ once excuse me, Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And he will appear a second time. What? He'll come back a second time. Not to bear sin. He's not bearing. That's been taken care of where? Church. At the cross. Took care of it. Took care of it. Dealt with it there. I don't care how much we continue to try to deal with sin. I don't care how much you, you, you listen to the lie of Satan that says your sin can never be forgiven and you've done too much and so you, why even try? No, he took care of it, church. He took care of it. When he comes back the next time, not to take care of sin. He had already done that. That's, that's done. Been there, done that. But to bring salvation to those who are what? Waiting for him. Are you waiting for him? I find every year it's tougher to wait for him. Like, Lord, come. I am ready. My family is ready. I've done the best that you, you've asked me to do, and I've failed at times, but Lord, you've picked up and shown me grace. I'm ready. But until he returns, I'm doing what he's called me to do, and that's proclaim this boldly. So he's coming. He's coming. So we must go to the ending. Revelation. Revelation. Wow, there's a book that will... uh, It can be tricky. I get it. But you know what? When you start reading in chapter 21, (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) Then I saw, John says, (laughs) I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven, the first earth had passed away. And look, look, jump, jump down here, jump down to come, come down to verse three. And, and 
And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Amen. The things that cause pain and sorrow, the things that are part of the curse, the old order, gone. Sounds pretty good to me if you, if you want to know. <laughs> we step over to, to, to chapter 22. Whew. Then the angel shows me, John's writing, the river of the water of life. Mm. Takes me back to the woman at the well. Water I give you, you will not thirst any longer. Because it comes from this river. That we will see someday. As clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of a great street of the city. Each side of the river stood the what? Tree of life. When was the last time we saw that? In history, when was the last time we saw that? We saw that when, when we were being kicked out for our sin and keeping us from, from eating that fruit and living forever in the curse. Grace. That angel with the, with the flaming sword, that was grace. Physically in front of us, that was grace. But see, we get to see that tree again <laughs> in eternity. Man, I can't wait to taste it. And I'm not even a big fruit guy. And I can't wait to taste it. But look, 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 look at verse, look at verse three. No longer will there be any curse. Woo! The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Yeah, that's weird. That's a good weird thing for dots sometimes. Cover that. Until you start remembering when you were a kid and you put your name on stuff that was yours. Right? Because you didn't want somebody else messing with it. You didn't want your brother, your sister. No, no, it's mine. Put my name on it. Guess where we get that from? Like, I, like I, I very much think that's like, that's like built into us. Because someday he's going to put his name right here. And you know what? When you look at somebody, you're not going to miss it. You're like, oh, you're his. Nice. Yeah, look, me too. He's <laughs> right here. It's like as plain as day, right here. So we'll never miss who, whose we are. That's how I see that. I can't wait to get that name right here. I can't wait. So I will endure what I have to endure now. If he can take his life for mine, I can endure this. Because I have hope. I have hope. You know what? We can sit here and we can talk and discuss and, and bicker over when he's coming back. We can have our ideas of when it is. And there's many that have had that idea and they've been wrong. 
through the years. But here's what I, I want you to know that he tells us. Are you ready? You know, we don't know when. We don't know what we have tomorrow. We don't know what we have tonight. We don't. We really don't. That sounds very cliche. It does. It sounds very cliche to me. But we don't. I beg you tonight, are you ready? Because however it's going to work out, it's going to work out. And you will have an eternal home either with him or without him. That's the word of God. That's, that's, that's a biblical worldview. You're either with him or you're not. Do you know that tonight? Maybe there's somebody here tonight. Maybe there's somebody. We're doing this different tonight. There's somebody here that doesn't know yet. Like you've had this question in your head. You've been, you've been rattling it around. And, and maybe you've been here all week. The Lord's been moving on you. He's been shaking you as we read in the book of Acts in chapter 4. Maybe he's been shaking you. He's been challenging your worldview. Like he's messed with your worldview all week. Because he's trying, to, he's trying to show you who he is. You've been reading about him in the word all week. And you know you need, he's the only way. You know it. What are you waiting on? Like we, we don't have to wait till Sunday. There's a baptism for those that need to take care of that. Baptism. Right? We got a baptism, right? We, we, can, we can like raise a screen and stuff, Right? Like, what are we waiting on? Go back and study all, go back and study every conversion in the book of Acts. Every time somebody came to the Lord, they immediately went, oh, why, why shouldn't I be baptized? I find we just put things off. Maybe, maybe you're here, you've been here this week, and, and, and you know the Lord. But man, Satan's been on you. He's got you believing that, that, that you're still not good enough and you're not sure or whatever it is. And he, he's waiting to reach out and pull you up like Peter while you're sinking. He's pulling you up. He's pulling you up tonight. Come and share with him. Come and share with him that, you know what, I've been messing up. I, I need you. I need you again. Active in my life. Like it was when I was new. Why wait? See, in John chapter 3, a fellow that knew everything that there was to know about the Lord. Here's the words of Jesus, and he's realizing this guy is different. But doesn't know how. Doesn't know how to, how to reconcile things. So he comes to him. Name was Nicodemus. Comes to him. Like you would think he has it all figured out. Like he, he should be the one that would know everything. And he comes to Jesus and he just says, yeah, help me. <laughs> like and Jesus says, listen, you got to be born again. <laughs> you got to be born again. And he's like wrestling like, what? I got to go back in my mom? What? Okay, so yeah, he's... <laughs> And Jesus says to him, John 3, 12. 
I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then, how then will you believe when I speak of heavenly things? If your faith can't trust what the word of God has been telling you your entire life or just this week, what makes you think you can trust him for eternity? For God so loved the world that he gave what? His only son. That whosoever what? Believes in him should not be. Everlasting life. Know that tonight. Don't leave here going, I don't, I'm not sure. You don't need to leave here, not sure. Jared, please come. Lord, tonight in this place, I, I pray this week of revival, Lord, as you've worked on me and, and preparing me and, and guiding my words. Lord, I pray and know that you have been working within us this week. Lord, I pray tonight for the moms and dads. Lord, I pray that you... You impact these moms and dads of, of your worldview to impress upon their, their kids. Lord, give them your patience and your wisdom. Lord, I pray in this place tonight that those that have not accepted that you are the one and it's your gift and your gift only for eternal life, your blood and your blood only will take care of their sin Lord, those that have not accepted that, Lord, I pray that tonight they will boldly step out and accept it. Because they know and they're hearing you now that it's the truth. Give them hope that they need right now. They've stepped in here. They don't understand. All they know they need is hope. Lord, tonight give it to them. Allow us to come around them and, and lift them in prayer and support as your body, the church. Lord, I, I praise you for, for those that are here. Lord, I pray tonight that there are those maybe here that, that have accepted you, that know that gift, but, but have, been, that have been blinded or is, are in positions where Satan has been attacking them and they're in a position that they don't know. Lord, you're reaching out to them. They're sinking and you're reaching out to them. Lord, tonight, allow them to take your hand. And taste the new life again. Lord, I praise you for, for being my Savior. As only you can be. Lord, thank you for taking care of my crud, my sin. Lord, I don't deserve it, but you did it anyways because you love me. And you want me to spend eternity with you. That's so humbling. Lord, tonight I can't wait. I cannot wait. Lord, come. But Lord, tonight, wait a few seconds. Wait a few seconds so that someone else may come to you. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.